Hi. Hi. This is Jordan. And this is Emmy. This is Death in the Northwest. A podcast about two elementary school teachers who love to read spooky things and watch spooky things and then talk about spooky things. Talk about it all. And it's tis the season. Cheers to Okay, that. something really exciting I want to yep. tell you. Well, yep. you know, but I got a kitten. I, it's a little black guy. He's so cute. He's so cute. You thought he was a girl at first, I thought right? it was a girl. Because I was just like on the mindset that I like wanted a kitten and I wanted a black one. And so I went up all the way to Oak Harbor. Is that up in Anacortes mm-hmm. area, right? Oak yeah, Harbor. Yeah, That's yeah. Oak Harbor, right? That's like close to Woodby Island, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So we drove all the way up there and I the lady comes gives me the cat i'm like yeah this is it she's eight she was eight weeks old and um i was like yeah this is it no i'm gonna check anything i just like take her word for it just like spread them and then yeah (laughs) and then i'm like holding it for five seconds like yeah alex give her the money let's go like this is it so we get home and then alex is like jordan this is a boy cat like no, it's not. It's a it's a girl cat. It has to be How a girl do you even cat. Tell when they're that little. Well, you can tell. You can. Yeah. I don't know. I've never had cats. There's there's definite. Like if you look it up, we can you can look it up and it'll I'm sh- probably not. You can definitely <laughs> tell. <laughs> okay. But good news is Finn and him are best friends and they're so cute and Finn will just groom him and like they so cuddle Finn's, together. Finn's like taking on the daddy role. He has taken on the daddy role. He's a good daddy. Aww. And he like he, he's already teaching him things and it's really cute. That's a that's yeah. great. And so it went his name went from um sophie to salem so he named him salem it's very appropriate for, for the, the season he's my little pumpkin yeah all right well let's get into let's it get into it yeah let's talk about murder okay <laughs> okay so for the next two weeks we are talking about uh park and like outdoor recreation murders, murders specifically yeah. so i I'm a huge fan of an author named Anne Rule, and she wrote a book called Rage to Kill back in the, like, 90s. Um, it was either 90s or early 2000s. She wrote a book called Rage to Kill that was all about um, these different, like, psychologically driven murders in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's one that always stuck with me because... Is this the book you sent Yes. Okay. So before I ever knew this podcast was Jordan, <laughs> um, it, it they followed me, and then it was like looking for some PNW tales or whatever, and I sent a picture of the book. I said, "You got to read this. It's really good. It's full of." And I'm like, and Jordan, wouldn't, I mean, this is Jordan, and I went, "Oh shit, yeah, because I like I knew I wanted to do this, and then I was like, I mean, just like." You know, gets really into it. I'm like, yeah. I mean, do you want to be my co-host? And I was like, yes, please, okay, madam. Good. As I'm long as you, you can be committed, committal to this I'm pretty bad because I'm like, I'm the most <laughs> time-wise, I'm like the least. <laughs> At I'm least you're committed. You're meaning you're committed to getting it done. I'm committed to getting it you done. You do it reschedule be, a lot. It, I but reschedule it's a lot and I wait till the last moment a lot. But it's okay. But you're still committing. So let's moving on. doing it, putting in the work. Um, But so I had read this book um very recently and I loved it and i like ann rule she's kind of like dated like some of the some of the things she says nowadays i'd be like mm, not, acceptable. not acceptable but um 
But if you just want somebody who writes about the Pacific Northwest, she's she's the one who was she was friends with Ted Bundy. They worked together. Oh wow! And that's how she started getting into it. Is that she wrote this book called The Stranger Beside Me, mm-hmm. because they were friends. She had, and no, she had idea. no idea. Really, you don't mm-hmm. really know anyone. They worked together. You really don't know anyone. And then it was uh, she was a cop. She was a police officer. And it was her writing all of these. Oh my god, the cat! He's writing all these little stories about. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so cute and he's just, oh, yeah, just staring he's staring he's he's giving us the stinky he's eye. likes to listen to our oh, our stories anyway loves murder anyway um so i read this story and it stuck with me and it is about uh olympic national park which mm-hmm. is my, my favorite my favorite national park also um it's one of the most beautiful places in washington state i the think rainforest it's got rain it's got like it's got like seven different the ecosystems whole national forest yeah where it's got this incredible rainforest it's got really beautiful mountains the olympic mountain range um it's got uh coastal areas mm-hmm. lots of coastal areas it's mm-hmm. it's just beautiful it's also like if you're into plants at all it's like i just said the wall of moss freaking and, love yeah. plants and it's got all of these like endemic species that only exist anywhere in the world like in olympic national park let's go check it out it's so it's so cool i would highly recommend Mm -hmm. it if you're like a national park person and you like to go travel go to olympics um but so this story takes place there um and so i just remember reading it and like really never being able to get out of my mind so as soon as you recommended or you suggested that we do like a parks episode i was like i know exactly what i'm gonna do yeah um so this is the story of Jane Constantino. And I want to start it off with a quote from Anne Rule from her book, from the story. It is a bleak commentary on society that city parks have become dangerous places for women. They may be safe enough in the daylight or if one is accompanied by a large dog. But on the isolated trails, it becomes off limits for women as the shadows grow long. These parks are too often an oasis within the inner city that are bordered by streets filled with predators. Wow. And I was read that and it was like hit so so close to home because you know Seattle is this beautiful city surrounded by nature. Yeah. And it is really scary to be a lady by yourself and I love hiking by myself because it's a really hiking. meditative it's very, yes. and like peaceful but you really can't do it because it's scary and you're going to learn that in these next two episodes. Yeah. Um it definitely may, re- makes me rethink wanting to hike alone. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah so unfortunately just like we talk about for many women it's unsafe that is the same case for a woman named jane constantino was she hiking alone yes she was yes but jane was like the perfect embodiment of like 1970s strong womanhood like second wave feminism she was a collegiate athlete cool and she had traveled all across the u.s she traveled to europe by herself to seek adventure and she met um this really cute man from colorado there who was just as equally passionate about the outdoors and about nature denver yeah exactly and very quickly the two fell in love and they ended up moving after her trip in um europe they ended up moving back to denver and this is what brought her to the west side of the united states because she had originally grown up in upstate new york but she still did like a lo- her whole life. I mean, even in college before that, mm-hmm. she had been very active. She was this super humble woman who, despite her like beauty and athleticism, was a social worker and she waitressed on the weekends. And she did all of this because she cared deeply about people, but also because it afforded her this lifestyle where she could live really simply, um, but take time to do 
these trips that meant yeah. so much to her and really her like purpose in life was to go on adventures yeah. it was the thing she loved it was the thing that she built the rest of her life around so on top of her just like very adventurous and positive attitude she was just a wonderful person and according to her boss um and patrons of the restaurant that she worked at she was one of the best waitresses that any of them had ever mm -hmm. had because she had such a positive attitude she made friends with everybody who came in and she knew all the regulars and she was just also incredibly beautiful she was an athlete in college like i said so she was gorgeous and toned and and she had long blonde hair and tan skin perfect she was just perfect she was perfect yeah. and she was so charming she would like recite poetry to people and like they, they would they would people would come in and be like well what's the poem of the week jane and she would Aww. like tell them the different poetry that she's been reading and she would like recite to them it was it just like so she sounds like a freaking cottage core dream woman yeah, yeah yeah i know so despite all of this i mean she was again she was beautiful she had this incredible charm she was sweet and kind to everyone she met she had this kind of dark side and not in the sense that she was mean or cruel but she had these dark premonitions from a really young age that she was going to mean? die young <gasps> she could see it no she always said i was never meant to grow to be an old woman what yeah she can she she but she didn't okay she didn't necessarily okay, see I'll this wait. as like a bad thing because she was such an adventurous soul that she would she would go she mountain biking and hiking and climbing and all of these like dangerous activities and so she sort of saw it as like i'm, gonna live I'm my going life. to live my life to the fullest and it's probably gonna mean that i don't make it to be an old be woman because i'm getting out there mm -hmm. because like i don't know do you know anybody who mountain climbs there's like a certain it's not a death wish but it's like a certain like, understanding that like very bad things could happen to you yeah, nature is is not to be trifled no, with no no yeah and so there is like a certain you know i have i have some friends who are mountaineers and i feel like especially with them there's a certain understanding that like life is very fragile and any moment something can something could go happen, wrong and you could yeah. go and th there's like a piece to that like they but understand they're doing what they love what they yep, love yeah exactly what's sad though what's even what's sadder about this is that like she she anticipated this short life for herself but again she thought it would be doing something she loved and she actually was like a freaking cat with nine lives because she had been through so much she had survived so much so earlier so this is the, our story takes place in the year 1980 but in 1974 when she was 27 she climbed the grand tetons by herself wow she was struck by lightning what? at 14,000 feet she was hit with an extremely powerful jolt that should have knocked her off the mountain, but she held on. That's insane. I know. And it's, 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 incra it's crazy. She was able to rappel down. Um, she had broken her shoulder. She was covered in, in burns from oh the... Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but she was able to rappel down. Wonder and Woman. And she walked all the way back, like, many-mile hike down to the ranger station. She was, like, like an unsinkable ship. Like, truly. It's crazy. She ended up having this really big, gnarly scar um, from the lightning strike yeah. that was, like, all over this part of, like, the shoulder and, like, chest part of her body. And she called it, um, she called it her, what did she call oh, it? Oh, funny. She called it Scar of Life. And she said, this is my scar that reminds me that life, life is, is very precious. fragile and precious yes. and I should live every moment to its oh, fullest. I love it. Doesn't she just sound like the coolest I, like, I want to hang out with her. I know. Like, Jane I, Constantino. I feel like we could learn a lot from her. Yes. She she really, really lived her life the way that she wanted to. Yeah. And without apology and without yeah. reservation. Yeah. She was so freaking cool. 
Okay, another thing that happened to her was she was in the Kenai region of Alaska hiking one time when she was almost drowned while river rafting. She also climbed Yosemite and she fell off of a cliff, like a 30-foot no. cliff. And she ended up only having a broken ankle and a concussion. In 1976, she climbed Mount Rainier, Mount St. <gasps> Helens, and Mount Baker all in a nine-day period. What? Yeah. All three mountains in a 90 period. All three mountains? Which Mount Rainier in and of itself is like, most people take- You train. You train and train and train for it. months, years. But so in nine days, she did Mount Baker, Mount Rainier, and Mount St. Helens. Afterwards, as soon as she was done with this trip, she just got on her bike and she biked all the way to Mexico. Another one. Okay. Another one of these nine life moments is that in the spring of 1980, she was supposed to go climb Mount St. Helens- May 1980 is when it erupted. Erupted. She was supposed to be on a trip on Mount St. Helens, but she ended up getting a shift called into work and couldn't go. She no was supposed way. to be on. She this girl was supposed to have died so many, so times, many times and, and lived. She just lived through that. It's amazing. So it's even more crazy to think about her premonitions, mm-hmm. thinking like, oh, she's had these ideas and thoughts that she's gonna die at a young age, but she's surpassed yeah. all those possibilities. I know. Until, until. The day of July of 1980. It was her last and final trip. She went all by herself. She got on her bike in Denver and she was going to drive or she's going to ride her bike all the way up to Seattle um, and then down into the Olympic National Parks. And she had this amazing backpacking and biking trip planned all over the coast. She was going to it was going to be really symbolic for her because um, she was going to have biked to like every single corner of the United States and so she her plan was to go to Ozet which is part of the Olympic National uh, Park it's a it's a coastal area and it is the northernmost point of the lower 48 United States so if you go to out to Ozet Park and you go out put so basically her plan was she was going to take her bike she was going to dip her wheel in the ocean in the northernmost point in the United States and she was going to have been to every point. That's so awesome. I know. She was like such a badass bitch. Wait, so, so this was Pathport Angeles. It's on the very tippy tip. It is the tip of, of Washington. Like this, so like, you know how Washington has a little thing that goes out like this? Yep, so it's that little corner. It is the tip up that, that points into the, okay, Olymp- so into the like, Pacific you've Ocean. Swim, you've passed yep, 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 yep. Port Angeles, okay. So, yeah, it was this really symbolic. She was going to be in the northernmost point of the lower 48 and dip her wheels in. And then after she was done with that, it was the end of her trip. And she was going to head back to Seattle and see some friends and then go back to her husband. Mm. Yeah. And just every single part of this trip sounds so cool. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a dream trip. Like, I I know. Magical. But so it was on this day in 1980, in July, that several people would remember seeing her because she was this striking, beautiful blonde woman heading towards the beach. Although nothing seemed off at the time, they would also remember seeing a very large, burly man heading down the trail behind her. They described him as big, with curly black hair and a large build. What Jane didn't know is that only moments before, another woman that was also about her height and was also slim and beautiful, had recently been approached by the same large man who was wearing all black. He ha- was wearing a black, who's sorry, who was wearing black. He had a cowboy hat that was black and then a purple shirt and black pants. The woman who reported this, uh, this sighting had been alarmed by the way the man had acted. 
Jane did not realize that this man that the woman described was the one who was walking behind her on the trail. It's possible she didn't even know that she would have been in any trouble at all because she had traveled across the entire country multiple times by herself. She had met characters, weirdos, scary people, all walks of life, and she had known how to handle all of them. Yeah. She was, I mean, she, she understood people and so she may not have even realized that she needed to fear this guy because she didn't live in fear it was at 3 p.m of that same day that a group of hikers trudged towards the ocean Mm -hmm. and they came across a bend in the trail where they saw what they thought was a woman who had fainted from exhaustion the closer they got the more they realized something Mm -hmm. awful had happened her shirt was soaked through with fresh red blood they tried to find a pulse and they tried to revive the woman, but nothing worked. And she had clearly already been dead for Quite at least time. a while. Yeah. This was no accident. Jane had clearly been murdered. And as she lay there, the hikers realized that there was still probably a murderer nearby Working in the park. Nearby. Yeah. The Klamath County Sheriff's deputies and the tribal police from the Ozette Indian Reservation, as well as U.S. Park Services, all showed up to see what was going on. So these three law enforcement agencies, they worked together often because they all had jurisdiction somewhere in the park. And so just for, like, ease of work, they they, they work together all the time. That I feel like just that helps to mm-hmm. get the word out there. There are so many times where the departments just withheld information from each other because of like some weird ego shit exactly these guys did not have that they were all super super down to work with each other communicative communicative so um they were able to examine the body and this is when they first were able to confirm that this was absolutely not natural causes causes because she had been stabbed upwards of 10 times in the chest so many times, in fact, that they thought she may have died almost instantly from blood oh loss gosh. and from severing of arteries. Oh. Mm-hmm. So either she had been part of an argument that had turned violent with someone or she with someone she knew. That's what they thought first. Originally, mm-hmm. maybe she was in an argument with someone they knew um, or there was a predator stalking people in the park. Initially, there was no description of any sort of predator. And so the three different departments ended up creating a grid search and going across the park. And they shut down huge portions of it. It was so intense that all of the roads in the park ended up being blocked and cleared. And there were roadblocks at every single entrance and exit to the park. So So every car, anyone coming in or out, well, not in, but anyone coming out got searched. searched. Everybody got searched. Um, But he could have, how, what was the time frame of like, shutting down and i'll tell i'll tell you about it in a minute because he could have escaped that whole he was in the process. park the whole time he was in the park the whole time he was in the park not far away the whole time so Fucker. women who were alone in the park were told to quickly join up with any group of multiple people that they could mm-hmm. um because they were worried that the predator was going after single women because mm-hmm. she was all by herself jane was and because law enforcement were worried um, that they were working with a predator who was likely to strike again, they ended up telling they ended up they ended up making it very um, this wasn't like a like a hush hush thing. They ended up telling everyone what was happening because they were worried that this person Getting was going to strike again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I know sometimes I feel like law enforcement are really weird about like spreading information. It's like that was not the case here. Panic. Yeah, but that may have even saved people's lives. People's lives. We don't know. Yeah. Well, and you'll learn that it really might have. Yeah. Um, uh, an hour or two into their search, they came upon a woman who was leaving the park who had an extremely disturbing story to tell them. She was also very slender and beautiful, much like Jane. She was a young woman. 
and she turned white when they started asking her about this situation because she knew she realized that she had encountered the murderer in the park and she had a lot to tell before after before this is what she had to say that this is and this is a quote from her this weird guy started following me and I tried to avoid him, but he caught up with me on the trail to the beach and he told me that he was a photographer for Playboy and he offered me $50 to post nude, but he didn't look like any photographer for Playboy that I had ever heard of and he didn't have a camera either, so I told him to just go away. But just after that, another woman came walking along the trail right behind me and I'm afraid that that might have been the woman you're talking about because he saw her and he just stared at her and then he turned away from me and he started following her. He was really big, probably six feet, kind of a blubber around the middle, not really clean. He was wearing a purple shirt, black pants, and a black cowboy hat. It gave me the creeps. If I'd stayed, I don't know, and maybe I could have helped her. Maybe the two of us could have stopped him. This witness said that he Ugh. appeared to be in his late 30s or early 40s. He said that he was a man who she had never seen before. But that other hikers along the trail were able to confirm this man because of the description. Because he was wearing a weird outfit and he was this huge guy. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like he was not I- inconspicuous at yeah. all. One group of hikers said that they had seen him running away down the trail towards the trailhead with dark stains on his purple shirt. And they said that, that it looked like he had been picking berries and that he had wiped his hands off on his shirt. But then once they heard the story, they, knew they realized blood. that it had been the blood of Jane Constantino. A while into the search, the park rangers, uh, who were named Gordon Boyd and Steve Underwood, made their way down the trail towards the ocean. Once they got to the ocean, they came upon a very large man wearing a black cowboy hat and a purple shirt. What? And the shirt was soaking wet as if it had just been washed. Washed. Yep. It didn't appear to have any stains on it, like the hikers had talked about, but it was also clear that he had just gone into the ocean and washed it. Mm Mm-hmm. So after he was detained by law enforcement, they were able to search him and they found a very large serrated hunting knife and lots of rope on his personage on his personage. The man wouldn't answer any questions, but by taking out his wallet, they were able to figure out that he was a man named Dale C. Harrison. He was 37 years old and he was also from Washington. He was from Othello, Washington. So for those of you who don't know. Um, Othello is on the east side of the mountains. Near it's Pullman. like it's yeah, it's just like a little agricultural town. It's they, very small. They grow a lot of onions. Mm-hmm. So quickly, they were able to arrest him on suspicion of murder um, of Jane Constantino, and and because this all happened in a national park, it was considered a federal crime. So the FBI was quickly Involved. called in, and they continued to they they were, ended up becoming in charge of the investigation. And so as soon as they got involved, they were surprised to find that they, they looked through his, his history, right? Mm-hmm. And um, initially, looking at his history, there was, like, nothing. Just no, like... Through the initial, because, because it only shows back a certain number of years. And so it showed, like, he had a wife, and he had kids. And he was, like, normal. He was a forklift operator and, like, was super normal-seeming. Um, but... Was he just, like, thinking, I want to know how it feels to kill? Well, just wait. They found that 15 years earlier, he had been convicted of sexually assaulting two young girls. The same, do you this, know the same like stature and like description? No, different stature. Okay. These were, these were like children. I know. Oh God, I know. this guy sucks. He ended up only serving two years in prison. What the, f- 
how? I fucking I don't know because he was really good at pretending he was normal. I mean, like he was he was a model citizen. He was very good at pretending nothing was wrong with him and that he mm. had like he had changed. Yeah, you know. So he was paroled Apparently in 1965, not. and for 15 years he lived like I said this completely normal life. He had a wife. He had two kids. He had a steady job. His employer like loved him and said that he was a really good worker. But it seemed that whatever these predatory fantasies were, they had been haunting him this entire time. And for whatever reason, he just in 1980, it exploded. Like, it, it, it came out of him. Yeah. Um, the FBI quickly ruled that this was a crime of opportunity. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think it was meditated? Like, do you think he thought about it? Like, he had thought about it, but I don't think the, the do target he, was not premeditated. Yeah. Do you think he thought, like, I'm going to go to a park, I'm going to kill someone, or I'm just here... Well, I'll tell you in just a moment. Okay, okay, okay. You got to keep listening. Hi. Um, it was clearly a crime of opportunity. Though. Like he had gone out there not with a specific person in mind. Um, but there was no connection between Jane and Dale. Like there was nothing that could have possibly, you Put know, that together. was the first thing they looked at was like, is there some, you know. Do they know? Do they, know? They, they, don't, they didn't know each other. Dale yeah. was just out there waiting for someone that he wanted to kill. He clearly had just been, <sighs> you know, being a predator out there. And he saw this pretty woman and he decided to live out this fantasy that he had this sick what fucked a up sick fantasy. fantasy yeah and it should be noted that this was since we're doing a parks edition this was the 42nd anniversary of um, the olympic national park opening up and up until this day this was the first incident like this or the first murder of any kind they had had in the olympic national park and so it was considered this like extremely safe and wonderful beautiful Place like to escape. escape and like you're safe where you are and yeah. it has never been considered like it's ever since this it's been it's no because there have been multiple murders yep um serial killers israel keys israel keys went to the uh, national parks yeah he went to the reservations around yeah but um up until this point it was considered this like extremely safe and it's it's so beautiful you guys like what it what not only did he take a life but he ruined the 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 feeling of the sanctity of this place yeah there'd never been a murder yeah Okay, one thing that I think is just, like, the saddest, not the saddest, the saddest part is that she was killed, but one part that is so sad is that she was one-fifth of a mile from the beach where she was going to dunk her, her She tires. didn't make it! She got so close. Oh. She was one-fifth of a mile from the beach where she was going to dunk her tire into the Pacific Ocean in the in the northernmost point of Washington that State. That is really sad she got so so close close. she this like adventurous beautiful woman got so close to this like last obviously this wouldn't have been the last adventure for her but this was like the last part of this really journey journey for her her. yeah she was gonna go home after this and feel contented for a while you know i know and he stole that from her yeah he stole a lot he stole a lot from her but he he she cared about her adventures more than anything else in in the world and she was she was peaceful with the idea that she wouldn't live to be an old woman but like she wanted to still experience everything that she yeah, could during that life. time so ugh. <clears throat> it was really easy um to convict him of this murder dale because first of all his hunting knife matched the exact stab wounds that they were that that jane received to the chest yeah and they ended up testing the shirt that he had washed and it still had trace amounts of human blood on it and the genotype did match jane's and then there's also just a shitload of circumstantial evidence because, you know, he's this huge, dark-haired, burly dude wearing a weird-ass outfit. So people remembered seeing him. Yeah. You know, there was tons of witnesses to the fact that he was there that day. And then, of course, that that 
chilling story from the other female hiker shows us that this man had some sort of previous intent because he had initially gone up to her he, probably with the same intent that he had for jane yeah. and then i wonder if he went through the same spiel with that jane I, or I, just, I would imagine something like that yeah. yeah so dale throughout all of this continued to plead his innocence and during the trial his investigators made sure to check with like all the people in his life the, the investigators against him the prosecution checked with the people in his life to make sure that uh if they had heard of anything like this happening in his past that hadn't been caught by police you know yeah um, and that is when they met a man named Boyd Bunt. He was one of Dale's closest friends. They worked together. They were both forklift operators. And they asked Boyd if they had ever heard of anything that might make him feel like this was something that his friend was capable of. Or thinking of or like had yeah. like. And Boyd, who didn't know about his past discretions with the two girls back in 1965. Yeah. Um said that dale had been very upfront with him about some very very disturbing disturbing fantasies that he had been having and talking to him about for at least a year and a half what were these fantasies boyd said that these fantasies had been brought up at least a dozen times by his friend and he detailed every single aspect of them boyd said that he didn't take it seriously at first and he thought his friend was just like goofing around and trying to make him uncomfortable maybe he was just kind of kinky and and like boyd wasn't so he's trying to freak him out yeah but you know what i'm sorry we'll we'll get into the fantasy but if your fantasy includes rape and murder of anybody anybody you should be worried yeah report that shit i don't want to kink shame anybody but like if you and your intimate partner who love each other and are happy like whatever do do you but like if your friend is coming up to you and saying some weird shit i don't know yeah i don't know So his fantasy was of finding a woman alone in an isolated forest where there was nobody else around. And he figured if that's what would happen, if that's, you know, how he found her, then she would be totally helpless and that he could take power. Yeah, he could do whatever wanted with her. And his his fantasy was of tying her up with rope and making her his sex slave. Ew. Yeah, in his fantasy, he also wanted to take Ugh. his woman off. That he wanted to take his belt off and beat the woman with it repeatedly, and then the knife was part of it too, according to his friend Dale. He said that he would use it to make the woman submit to acts of, and this is a quote, rape and degradation. Ew. What a fucking creepy, disgusting dude. If if anyone had told me that, if you had come in and said something even similar, I'd be like Emily. Emmy, you need help. You need fucking help, bro. I yeah. wouldn't be like, ha ha ha, it sounds like a That's funny joke. So creepy. <laughs> like, okay, funny. Oh. You're just trying to creep me out. No, I'd be oh, like, Emmy, uh, come on. Let's go take you to a mental, mental institution. institution. Let's go talk to somebody because let's this is not find some therapy okay. for you. Well, and so Boyd said that murder was never mentioned as a part of it, but that's probably because his friend knew that like that would be the thing. Over the that top. Would, yeah. Yeah. So murder was never a part of it, according to his friend. But I think Boyd is a fucking idiot. Like I said, like... My God. I wonder if he was just like trying to cover his like well, tracks well, and like. So listen, yeah. this is what he said is that he said that at one point Dale tried to get him in to like being a part of the fantasy. Oh, so he asked him if he wanted to go find a girl with him and do this, <gasps> which if somebody asks you that, it's not a fucking fantasy. They're I mean, literally like, asking you. I don't you. want to be your friend anymore. Yeah. Or just. Co- I don't know if you can call the cops on someone for that, but like, damn, that is like so fucked Re- up. You would report that. You'd report yeah. to somebody. Hey, um, this is weird. My friend is wanted to fulfill this fantasy of yeah. raping and 
potentially and, murdering someone. And this is what Boyd said. Is he said, I thought he was just goofing around. And I always refused. And only after that girl died did I realize how serious that it was. That girl? Yeah. So he doesn't even mm, like... What a fucking dick. <sighs> so, but what's so creepy about this is that this started out as like the exact blueprint of this fantasy that he had, right? Like he kind found like this girl in the, the woods. Fire, yeah. You know, like helpless. But the thing that got him is that he chose Jane. Jane had not been sexually assaulted, despite this fantasy. Oh. And that was because Dale was looking for some helpless woman who would submit to him as soon as she felt threatened and as soon as she feel, realized that she was in a preco- like a precarious situation. Mm-hmm. And he picked the wrong lady. Yeah. Because Jane did not live in fear. He never got she, she the opportunity back. to rape her because she fought him like hell. Yeah. She oh was God. a fighter. She always had been. And as soon as he held that knife up to her, she started beating his ass. <laughs> Fucking go, Jane. And that took him by surprise. And all he could think to do was kill her and not complete the rest of his fantasy. I, I'm just glad that she... I'm not glad... Uh, do you want to know where I'm I know what you mean it's like this is such an awful 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 situation but I'm glad that she fought the fuck out of him and he was never able his fantasy was never able to come to fruition because she would not let that happen I wish it never happened to begin with but I'm glad that he never got to have that got to have that part Mm -mm. of it Mm -mm. so in December of the next year um, a judge named Judge Donald Voorhees ended up giving Dale life in prison now, all of Jane's friends and family, they came together for the funeral service to say their last goodbyes. No. And they talked about how, you know, they all, this was the 70s when she was doing all of this by herself. It wasn't like, even now our parents would be worried if we were doing all these things by ourselves. Yeah. And they said they all worried about her and they all thought that her life would be taking would be... in a very different way. Yeah they, yeah. they all thought, they all knew that she thought she was going to die young and they all thought maybe that would happen. But they thought it was going to be because... There was a mistake that was made during some, you know, climb. climb. Yeah. Um, and that this was never the way that she was supposed to go because she was such an incredible woman who lived her life to the fullest. And just like she thought, she didn't ever make it to old age. You know. That's awful. I know. She sounds like absolutely the coolest lady, though. And he has never admitted to it, even though it, like, clearly was him. He's never admitted He's to it? He's never admitted his guilt. What? Yep. As far as what I read, he's never admitted his guilt. And, and like the last article I did read was from like the nineties, so who knows? But <laughs> but but he has not up until then admitted his guilt. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And and he clearly did it. Yeah. And, I mean there was no there's no ifs arguing and ifs or buts about, about it. There's, it. there's yeah. physical, there's circumstantial, there's, evidence, there's yeah. every kind of evidence. Witnesses. Yeah. So Ugh. I this one always stuck with me because like she just she lived her life she and she loved lived it. the way that like I think we all want, want to, to live, live our lives yeah. you know um and she was just so cool so badass she was bold and she just decided not to live her life in fear no yeah yeah she take like full reign of her life and she you know what she beat the shit out of him he was he was it, good it, it didn't say it in most it didn't say it in the book and it didn't say it in one of the articles I read but in the other one it said that he had like sustained wounds from her because she fought the she fought him yeah. off because he picked the wrong girl he, if he yeah, wanted someone exactly. to submit to him yeah anyway I jane just, is not one for submission don't 
fuck with Jane Constantino. Fuck you up. Yeah. Even if you kill her, she will not go out. She'll she'll go out. She won't go out without a fight. Mm-mm. No. So Good. I just I I that story is so sad, but I love that I love that it was just like such a badass woman who was so strong, and I think we need to remember her because it also is really hard to find information on this story. Yeah, I like I'm trying to look up. Her, I can't find a picture of her. Right nope. Now. It's really hard to find info, and I think that's like this is an important. First of all, it it changed the entire trajectory of the, the Olympic National yeah. Park, and. I think that she needs to be remembered because she was a badass bitch. Yeah. And, and did so many amazing things. She did things. so many amazing things. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's the story of Jane. I don't like that story. It's really, it's really sad. All right, you guys. Right. We love you. Thanks for sticking around with us. And um, next week is my episode on um, another park murder. Another park murder. It happened in Granite Falls. And then after that, we will be working on family annihilators. Yes. And we have been doing a lot of Washington ones, we realize. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're going to we're, we're branching we're out. Branching out. I know we've done a lot because we just love Washington. And so we naturally are just like drawn towards drawn it. to it. We will be doing other Pacific Northwest yes. <laughs> states and cases. Exactly. Um, but please, if you can, go give us a five-star review mm-hmm. on apple podcasts go what listen to us on spotify, spotify. follow um stitcher follow us on Google. instagram too we need some yeah instagram love. at death and the nw podcast give us some i mean send us your like listener tales or whatever yeah. at death in the nw podcast at gmail.com <laughs> And follow us on Facebook, and we've decided it is Death in the Northwest Podcast is the Facebook group. It's a bunch of trees with fog in them. You'll see, you'll see. It's Death in the Northwest Podcast. I'm pulling up because I don't think Pull, it is. I think it is. I think it's Death in the Northwest Podcast. Oh my god! Hold on, let me go Facebook. It's at it is Death in the Northwest, it's oh, but it's not podcast. No, right. it is. Look at look at it right here. It says, it, but it's death. just Death in the Northwest. Yeah, but look at the at symbol. It's Death in the Northwest. Podcast. podcast okay but nw just look up death in the northwest will be the first one that pops <laughs> up okay <laughs> okay so our our facebook is pop at at death in the nw podcast okay, okay it's cool. all at at the nw you okay. have to make it synchronous throughout right, so i think that's right, what we did you're right you right you right you right you right you right i know okay um just a rem- reminder for um those who are we were all on our Instagram and Facebook just to have empathy for people be and be nice kind. To each other. Being kind is cool. That's cool what I tell my to second be graders. Kind in the mind. I think it's cruel to be kind is that song actually. So never mind. Be, be it's cool. It's cool. Be kind. Yeah, it's cool. Be kind. Anyways, um, have a good rest of your week and thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.